Hi, and welcome to To Begin Again from the Beginning Tales of Passion, Perseverance, and Patience with your host, Stephanie Morris. begin again from the beginning with your host Stephanie Morris. For today's episode I would like to read something that I wrote this week about hustle culture. Here we go. Why is it that we are constantly being inundated with hustling? The dream comes for free but the hustle is sorted separately. Is this supposed to engage me? Dreams aren't free. Dreaming of a better life is not something everyone can do and it's a pretty white woman privileged way of thinking that as long as you dream it, you can do it. As long as you hustle. What does hustle even really mean? Is it never seeing your family or friends because you're too busy hustling? Is it never going on holidays to actually enjoy your one and only beautiful life? Is it spending hours at the office kissing your boss's ass so you can hopefully in the future get a raise? Companies do not care about you. Listen to that again. Companies do not care about you. They care about money. They will throw you away at any point in time and all that hustling all that hustle that you did for them is now meaningless and you've lost all of your time. You will, they will throw you away at any point in time and all that hustling for them is meaningless. After you've sacrificed your time, which is you certainly can't get back, your health, your family's needs, and your friendships, what do you have to show for all of that hustling? Why should human beings constantly be in a state of hustle? Why are we being sold on a lie that if you just hustle, hustle, hustle and work, work, work until we're dead, we are somehow fulfilling our life's purpose. Life is meant to be lived, not meant to be hustling for others who don't have your best interest in mind or really care about you at all. Why should we constantly be working our ass off to make a bunch of rich people, really rich white men, let's be honest, more money when I don't see any of that? Usually sales jobs come with bonuses and commission because otherwise, what's the fucking incentive to make 50 calls a day or 300? Huh. I certainly don't see an incentive to hustle for anybody else. Should I be oh so grateful that I have a job at all, kissing the feet of my captors, taking whatever crumbs they throw? This is a sickness. I struggle to pay rent and they eat fucking cake. Why are we believing this? We don't need to be constantly doing something. We don't deserve to be told we are worthless because we don't have a job. 
This is capitalism seeking into all the crevices of our mind and it's a sickness. Hustle culture needs to be canceled. I don't want to hustle, especially not for anybody else. I want to live a life I am proud of. I want to live a life where I look back in my old age and I remember moments of smiles, laughter, love, and excitement. Do you think I'm really going to think about all the sales I made for somebody else? I think the fuck not. Hustling only exhausts us. This myth of CEOs only sleeping for three hours a night because sleep is for the weak is such a damaging narrative. Sleep is for the living. You literally need it to live. We all need it at least six to eight hours a night. This type of rhetoric is so dangerous because it tells us all that we don't even deserve to sleep. A natural and very important thing in our lives because that means you're not hustling hard enough. Why do we have to work so many jobs to make ends meet? We shouldn't have to have a side hustle on top of a full-time job. We shouldn't have to take something we love to do, a passion project, into a money maker because we can't afford to pay rent, all while having to work a 40-hour work week lining someone else's pocket. Think about what you want to look back on at the end of your life. Fuck hustling. All right, now that that is over and that has been said, I would like to elaborate slightly on that. Now, I did say hustling for other people sucks, but to be honest, for somebody coming from somebody that used to have a neon light in their apartment that literally said hustle, I'm going to speak from an entre entrepreneurial uh, perspective and hustling damages the entrepreneur just as much. If you're pushing yourself too hard and you're not sleeping properly and you're not eating properly, you're partying, you're working yourself to the bone, that is not sustainable and that is not even productive. You are will burn out and I can attest to that because I burned out so many times in the past 10 years working for myself. So again, fuck hustling for someone else and you don't need to fucking hustle for yourself. What's that saying? What's that saying? Work smart, not hard. There's many ways you can be a smart worker instead of a hustler. What about a team? A team is so valuable to any entrepreneur. Instead of having everything rest on your shoulders, thinking that you can do it all, get a team, get a partner. It really fucking helps. Now, I'm gonna bring you back to 2010 when I left off. So, it's been a very fun April. You know, I've been working at The Social and we're having parties every night, basically, at the house that I was staying at around the corner. And it's getting closer and closer and closer to my departure date, which is the 28th of April. And that's coming up in a couple of days um, on Thursday. So it will be, this episode will be released before that date. And 
it will be 12 years ago that I moved to Thailand, April 28th, 2010. And of course we all know it's gonna be April 28th, 2022. So leading up to the 28th, of course, we're partying, we're having fun. I'm saying goodbye to people. I'm making big moves. And then on the 24th, I meet, <laughs> I fall in love basically right away with an amazing person. And then four days later, I left the country. So doesn't it always happen like this? We met at a party, fell in love immediately, like looked across the room and that was it kind of vibe. Uh, it was, you know, magical to say the least. We hung out for the four days that I had with him and it was really great. It was like nothing I had felt before. We connected on a level that was really special and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Of course, it's tough when you're planning to leave and you meet somebody right before you leave. But I think that's the way the world works. And I don't think that I even would have met him if I wasn't leaving, right? So let's talk about the 28th. I packed my stuff into two suitcases, I think, and embarked on this new life. I'm going to read some of my journal entries um, from the day that I left. I have this cool journal, this travel journal with uh, a map on it. And I'm gonna start at the beginning because I'm hilarious, this entry. All right, April 28th, 2010, 3 p.m. So my flight from Toronto to New York was amazing, mainly because I met Riley on the flight. I was totally checking him out in the lineup for customs and he ended up beside me, sits down and says, hey there. I reply with a sexy, cute, hey there. I fucked around on my MP3 player for a while. Dated MP3. I didn't even have a smartphone. I didn't take a laptop. I was literally moving there with a fucking MP3 player and no way to talk to anybody and no way to communicate with my parents other than a phone. Yes, kids, this is 12 years ago. I did have a cell phone, but I'm fairly sure it was sort of before iPhone times. So I fucked around on my MP3 player for a while and finally said, fuck it. So hot in here, eh? Good conversation. We totally hit it off and he is totally amazing. First of all, his name is Riley. So cool. So again, like this is weird because I was just talking about how I fell in love as soon as I met the guy in April 24th. And now here I am talking about another guy that I met on a plane. So this is a perfect, perfect, perfect Stephanie Morris style. My heart is just so big and I just fell in love so fucking easy. And I was 25, so everything is so cool and amazing. So this guy's name was Riley. I'm sure he doesn't listen to the podcast, so it's fine. I'm not gonna use um, everybody's name, but this dude is definitely not gonna listen to this. 
So we talked and we laughed, totally hit it off so well. Did I already say that? This is me saying that in my journal. Then he went to the bathroom and asked if I wanted to join. <laughs> I laughed and um, I totally wanted to, but then I said no, because I'm a prude. So he comes back and asked me if I want to make out. <laughs> so I kissed him. We made out in our seats, good kisser in brackets, and cuddled a lot. Sorry, the pages are kind of worn out. Cuddled a lot and looked out my window. What are the chances? He lives in NYC. So we had a drink at the airport bar and talked because I was going from Toronto to New York to Korea and then to Thailand. So he's totally fucking amazing. He said he'd come visit me in Thailand. Wow, this is also romantic. Oh my goodness. 25 year old stuff was such a naive idiot how serendipitous how awesome how insane how weird that's what we all kept saying i mean that's all we kept saying me and riley so weird what crazy crazy world wow he's such a babe too dresses so well uh, anyway 13.5 hour flight <laughs> To Korea now. Oh my God, I remember that flight. Oh God, it was the longest flight I've ever been on at that point. Now I've been on flights that are at least 20 hours. No big deal, 13.5, no problem. All right, so Korea Air, beautiful airline. My own TV, my own slippers, blankets, no one beside me and a window seat, fuck yes. Can't wait to get to Thailand. I'm so hungry, but I forgot to tell them I'm vegetarian. Ugh. Bye for now. And that was my first entry in this weird travel general. And what an entry it was, eh? I love that I don't talk about anything I'm feeling about actually going on this trip. I'm just talking about a guy. Cool, 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 cool stuff. Good, 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 good. Great. So there we are sitting in the bar, having a drink. He's telling me, um, you know, he's going to come see me. And I absolutely believe him. And this is wonderful. I love it so much. So serious. Then I gathered my shit together. We said goodbye. Pretty sure we kissed more. And I boarded my next flight to Korea now. Korean Air was like one of the nicest airlines I've ever flown with um, at that point, mainly because I believe like before 2010 or before some of the flights that I went on in 2010, the flights that I went on as a child, they didn't have the TVs on the back of the chair behind you, in front of you. Uh, they only had the computers they only had the tvs in the middle of the aisles so like you only could watch one thing and you have to like have your headphones in plugged into the seat to like listen to that one movie so i think before i moved to asia the last trip i had gone on was probably when i was like 18 so like seven years later obviously some 
technological advances had happened. So I was really excited that there was a TV just for me. Again, the slippers. I thought it was like very first class of me to like have my own slippers and have my own TV, even though it was just a um, normal ticket. Definitely not first class, certainly economy, not even economy plus. This bitch can't afford that. I only had my $1,200 from my uh, tax returns. So that was it, economy for this bitch on Korean Air that felt like first class, slippers and all. Uh, now I'm going to read you my next entry into this cute little travel journal that is uh, absolutely tattered and torn. I will be scanning some of these pages so you can see how tattered and worn it was. Let's get into it. Let's read the next entry. Okay, April 28th, 2010, 11.15 p.m. Woo, so going on seven point hours on this Korean flight and I still have five and a half more hours to go. Longest flight I've ever been on, but so nice and very accommodating. Watching movies, in and out of sleep, reading, eating. I can't believe this is actually happening. I'm on my way. I'm on my way to a new life, new everything, new experiences. I can't wait. Life is so funny. I'm going to try eat dinner now, even though I think I've screwed myself in that department by not indicating that I'm vegetarian. Used to happen all the fucking time. Nowadays, in uh, this is not reading from my journal anymore, by the way. It used to happen all the time. I used to forget to. Uh, tell everybody that I'm vegetarian and there would never be any um, vegetarian options. It was always like chicken or fish or some sort of meat. Nowadays, of course, everybody's fucking vegan and it's like so fucking trendy to be plant-based. It's very easy to get plant-based food on a flight. I found that flying in Mexico and I found that flying home from Asia in 2019, very easy to get plant-based food. Thank you so much. I've been plant-based for 20 years. And it absolutely was not like this 20 years ago. Okay, let's get back to the book. Okay. I think I'm screwed in that department for food. Let's see what happens. Then I'm going to take some melatonin and hopefully get some sleep. It's like freaking daytime outside. It's so bright. But it's like 11.30 p.m. to me. On my little... TV, oh, on my little TV in front of me, there's a way to watch below us and we're going over what looks like the Arctic. How cool. Probably more like Russia, but that's fine. That was it. That was it for that entry. So I remember specifically that flight. It was long, very long, but there was no one beside me in either seat. I was on the window seat. There was no one in the middle or the aisle seat. So I got to lie down. I got to lie down and sleep. It was actually fucking fantastic. So it was really nice to have an area to sleep. I was so spoiled at the time, I didn't even know it. So I had my little mask on that was came in a really cute little Korean air bag along with slippers. Again, this first class bitch. Economy, but first class vibes. So it was really nice. I had a nice sleep. Of course, super jet lag though, because 
um, Asia's 12 hours difference, sometimes 13 with the time change. So that's always fun to adjust to. It was my first flight alone um, without my parents, without my brother, without anybody. Um, that's not true, actually. That's not true. That's not true. I went to England when I was 16 and did an English course there uh, in Oxford. And it was fantastic and amazing. And I went over there by myself. So I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so it was the longest flight I've ever been on. And it was going somewhere that I would not be returning from. Whereas the trip in um, the 12th grade, you know, you're coming back from that. I'm not gonna go live in England at that time, at least. So um, I remember specifically after the plane landed, I got to Korea and um, I had, there was like a little area that people were like crowding around, like making little crafts. And it was, you know, just a little area to make a little kimono, like a little traditional kimono, little dress thing, a Korean one. And I believe that I still have it. 12 years ago, I made it and I kept it and I put it in my old passport holder and I, I, I'm pretty sure that I still have it. If I find it, I'm gonna scan it and put it on the, uh, to begin from the beginning, to begin again from the beginning, uh, Instagram. So check that out if I have it, I'm pretty sure that I do. Let's read my next entry. Next entry starts Friday, April 29th. So this is the day that I landed in um, Thailand, in Phuket, 12.30 PM. What up, paradise? Fuck's sake. So I get off the plane in Phuket and like a ton of bricks, the 30 degree weather hits me. And this is at 11.45 at night. I gather my luggage and I go outside. Is fucking hot. My taxi driver is nowhere to be seen. Awesome. Just a girl stuck in Thailand with no people to pick her up. Super fun. Of course it happens, right? So I'm a little freaked out, um, but then a nice American guy offers uh, to take me with him to his retreat. Not sketchy at all. Not very murdery at all, eh? Mm. Who, who offered, don't, don't talk to women. This is just a side note. Don't talk to women you don't know. That's just, let's just say that. Let's just, let's just go ahead and say that. Don't talk to women you don't know, ever. That would be great. If I wanna talk to you, I'll talk to you. You approaching women is very creepy. Please don't do it. Don't, 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 don't just don't, just don't talk to women. All right, back to the journal. So, uh, I declined this um, nice young American's invite to go to his retreat. What is he thinking? And finally, after being pestered by thousands, it felt like taxi drivers, I finally see my taxi um, driver. He's just pulling up fucking half an hour late. That's Thai time though. Yeah, I get to understand that. Thai time is usually around half an hour to an hour after everything is supposed to happen, that's when Thai time kicks in. And then, you know, you, you, you have to wait for the ties. All right, so this guy rolls up, he's got a sign and it says Tefl Phuket. So um, for people that don't know, T-E-F-L is teaching English as a foreign language. So this is the certificate that I ended up getting. 
and it says Tefl Phuket Stephanie. This is another side note. Um, not going to read from my journal for a second. Another side note is that I totally forgot to mention that when I was thinking about doing this, I somehow convinced my girl Katie, who uh, I went to university with, who I mentioned in the first episode, who I've been friends with for almost 20 years, fucking nuts, 19 years this year. Um, I convinced her somehow to come with me. I somehow convinced her that it was a good idea that both of us move to Thailand and take this course and figure it out. And fucking bitch, she did. What an amazing experience that was to have somebody else there with me. It totally changed everything. Like I, I took the flight first and then I believe she joined me there or she was there first and then I joined her there. Either way, we were about a day apart and um, we had a lot of fucking fun. I'm gonna get more into that probably in the next episode. This is just like getting to Thailand and then we're gonna talk more about Thailand in episode three. So back to my journal says, okay, well, I guess that's me. Hop in the taxi and drive for about 30 minutes in the middle of nowhere in the pitch black because this is in Phuket. And, you know, as soon as you get off the main roads and, you know, like some of the smaller Thai cities, not that Phuket is small, but, you know, uh, driving through the back roads, uh, it's pitch black. And I am 25, naive, um, definitely have watched Bend Up Abroad. So I'm getting all these ideas in my head that I'm going to be murdered. Um, you know, this uh, company that's, you know, brought me here is fake and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be put to slave labor. Da, 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 da. That didn't happen. Obviously, the guy was super sweet and nice. And we rolled up to this super cute, beautiful, like open marsh area with about with an apartment kind of thing more like hotel-y apartment thing with about five floors. And I was shown to my room and it was so fucking cute. I'm gonna go back to the journal. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. I was scared, but then a nice Thai man comes and greets me and shows me to my bungalow slash room. Nice big room, queen bed, fridge, TV, bathroom, etc. Put all my clothes away, watched house. Side note again, House and Law and Order SVU were, were basically the only things that ever played in English. So Katie and I would watch Law and Order SVU consecutively for days on end because that's basically the only thing that uh, we can watch. And you know what? Even now, I still just watch Law and Order SVU consecutively. I'm on season five out of 23. I've seen most of it, but might as well, you know, catch myself up. Anyway, back to Thailand, April 29th, 2010. Hmm. So I fall promptly asleep after watching House. I guess a 23 hour flight will do that to you. 23 fucking hours to get there, an entire day. Amazing. So, I woke up this morning to a motherfucking paradise. Step out side of my room on my little balcony, birds chirping, sun shining, hot weather, hot breeze, greenery everywhere and anywhere you can see, mountains. Where the fuck am I? It's a nice slice of heaven. So that's my last journal entry until June. So I'm going to focus a little bit more on the month of um, May. 
I like to keep these episodes not too long so people don't get sick of listening to me. But I remember one thing really clearly. I felt at home. I felt it was where I needed to be. And I felt this was start of something. This is the start of life. This was the start of my real life. This was the start of being an adult. This was the beginning of something. This was it. And the sun on my face and the blue sky and all of that greenery, it just made me feel so happy. You don't realize how much like a concrete jungle you, you do live in until you step out and you really see the greenery the world has and the colors the world has to show you. Until you see it in real life, like you just don't understand. And I've been chasing that feeling ever since. Ever since I got home to Canada two years ago, it's been incredibly difficult to feel at home here and to be happy here. It's really hard coming home after 10 years of living away and being your own boss and having your own apartment and having your own life to being 35 and living with your parents, living through a pandemic. So that first morning on April 29th, looking up at the blue sky and feeling the humidity on my skin, wearing something super cute and just a tank top and shorts, felt amazing. One of the best feelings that I can even remember. And not too long after that, I'm fairly sure that, that Katie joined me or I joined her, I totally forget. No, I would have written in my journal that like Katie was there. I think Katie came a couple days later, May 1st or May 2nd. She's gonna tell me for sure. And um, that's when fun really started. That was fun really started. It was, that was it, right? Like you have your fucking, one of your best friends with you in a new country in Thailand, like embarking on something new. It was just incredible, incredible. And we didn't start school until I think um, the second week of May. So we had sort of a week to hang out and like go explore the beach. We learned how to ride motorbikes. We each had one and just tooting around. Um, the beach was literally like a five minute walk from our little apartments. And once she got there, I had my own place on the bottom and she was given an apartment sort of like on the top. And we were like, why are we fucking living in two different places? Or just like, fuck it, let's just, let's just live together. Even though we had already paid like $300 for the entire month to live there, $300. You heard that right, motherfuckers. $300 for a month in Thailand to live in a small little apartment. I will do that again, please and thank you. My apartment costs 2000 in a city I don't want to live in and in a climate that I fucking hate. Cool. So me and Katie, we moved in together upstairs, um, somehow fit all of our shit in one little closet. And the closet I remember specifically was not very big. We only had, you walk in, um, beautiful patio, like little patio that overlooks like all this greenery and beautifulness. And to the left of that, you, you walk down a path and uh, there's the beach. And I remember we, I think we got drinks. We, we used to get like, I think like a little bit of vodka and then we would drink it with like a guava juice or something along those lines, like a tropical juice that we had never had before. And it was just like such an experience, such a fucking vibe, such a fucking vibe. Tooting around in our motorbikes, like going up and over hills and then like around the corner you see 
a beautiful beach in the distance. And that beach was called Kamala, which we ended up like absolutely loving. And I think Kate um, ended up staying there for a couple of months and lived in Kamala actually, or close to it. And I just felt so fucking free. Riding around on a motorbike in the sun in Thailand uh, at 25, I had no care in the fucking world. I was, I was living a life that I always wanted to be living. And here I was, here I was alone on a motorbike with my girl behind me, overlooking a beautiful beach through the clearing of trees. I'll remember that, that site forever. I'll remember that picture in my mind forever. I have a bunch of pictures from this time, so I will be finding those and uploading them to Insta. Make sure you follow us on Insta. It's called two underscore begin underscore again underscore podcast. This will be put in the show notes as well. So please go follow me there. So many pictures from that time um, and guess how they were taken? Obviously not on my cell phone. That was not a smartphone. I had a digital camera. Who remembers digital cameras? Raise your hands if you're over 30, even 35. Uh, yeah, we used to have digital cameras. There was these things that were cameras and like they were digital. No, it wasn't a phone and no, it didn't have internet on it. It just took pictures. Cool, right? So again, like we didn't have smartphones and I, we didn't have laptops. So whenever we wanted to upload pictures to Facebook, cause I don't even think Insta was a thing yet. Um, we used to upload our pictures to Facebook and uh, create folders, yeah? And we would have to go to this like really cute little hotel like uh, with a beautiful pool that we ended up swimming in all the time and sit on the bar and use their computer <laughs> to upload our pictures. It's just so funny, right? Like times have changed so much and it's only been 12 years. Like now you can just use your phone to do absolutely everything, take pictures, take videos, upload to Insta, who uses Facebook anymore? Um, and it's just, thinking back now, it's such a, it's such a time in, it's such a special time in my life, special time in history that we weren't glued to the fucking phone, that we weren't just constantly like bombarded with information. We could have fun with our friends. We could go ride motorbikes and listen to our fucking music in our MP3 player without being constantly fucking distracted by Insta, by Twitter, by TikTok, by Facebook, no one really uses it, by phone calls, by video calls, by whatever, by work, work. It was just really nice. It was a beautiful point in history where it was before the world got inundated with fucking social media. And you know what? That's why I'm gonna leave it today. We're gonna get into the next episode. I'm going to try to do the next episode for the 28th, which is Thursday, just to you know celebrate the 12 year anniversary of me moving to Thailand. I've got a lot more to say. I have you know 12 more years to talk about. And next episode, I will be getting into meeting people at our course, the TEFL course, and how that all went down. Meeting people, um, doing schoolwork, pretty much being the all-stars of the group, obviously. And just living in a new place for the first time, new climate, new people, riding motorbikes, 
doing things that we've, you know, probably never done before. Definitely never done before. And I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. This podcast has been brought to you by The Resilience Network. Please check out our other podcast at Quarantine Cocktail Hour. Stories about quarantine and friends all around the world.